Hello, everyone. I am waving to you through your ears because that's totally possible. Hi, uh, welcome to the show. My name is Matt. Of course, you know my name. The show is called Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. I am thrilled to have you here and also to have a very special person to me on the show. His name is Eric Shirky. He is my life coach. He is a very good friend to me, a faithful man of God who has taught me so many things. My life has been changed, transformed because of our conversations and the way that he has helped me become a better man, a better dad, a better worker, uh, more in tune with God. Uh, I have utmost respect and admiration for this man. I hope one day I can be just like him. He is on the line with us today. We are talking divorce, relationships, personal health, personal growth, lots of good things. Get a notepad. Remember these things. You will be a better person for them. And uh, here he is on the line. We'll go right to our interview. Enjoy. All right. Hi, everyone. Uh, This is Matt. I'm here with my coach. I found a coach. His name is Eric Shirky. We met uh, July of 2018 on Instagram, of all places. (laughs) (laughs) He has a website, meettheshirkies.com. I have been through two rounds of his counseling uh, and mentorship, and they have changed my life, like changed my entire life. Um, I don't know where I would be without him, honestly. Uh, He has been so instrumental and so godly. Um, Eric, welcome to the show. I am super excited to have you today. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on. It's, It's such an honor. Um, man, 2018, that it's, it's been a long time. And yes, the power of social media is amazing. Like, wow. I'm just, I'm honored to, <laughs> to watch your life literally transform in front of me over the last three years to see God do so many wonders in your life. And the, the journey of healing is not an easy one. And you've experienced that no. firsthand. Yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 been a, it's been a pleasure watching you, man. So I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you. Yes. Um, my story where I was, uh, was right before divorce is when I met my coach. It was August when I started. And then it was October, it was Halloween, October of 2018 when divorce was final. And then we went through clear to January. So divorce, you had put a post, I didn't comment on it, that the divorce rate is at 70%. Yeah. That is nuts because I thought we were like just over 50. We've got such high divorce rates and high like relationship failure and stuff. What, what's going on? Like I've lived through this, but like this is what we're going to talk about in this episode. With my mm-hmm. coach, why, why do we have such a high divorce rate? What's going on, coach? You've talked to thousands of people. What's up? Well, I'll be honest. Um, a lot of people called me out on the 70%, so I'm not quite sure if that number is totally correct. Okay. But it is up there. Um, some say yeah. 52, some say 60s, some say 70s. I think 70% is more of my opinion. I know for sure it's okay. in around 60% if we were to like crunch the numbers. Nobody really knows the real numbers. And I think a lot of the divorces aren't being 
reported because a lot of people are just staying separated because it's so expensive to file a divorce or people aren't sure. And then they just drag on for so long. So, but being in the field of helping people and working with people that are going through divorce, it's high, it's up there. And then when coronavirus hit, it just kind of, it just quadrupled. Yes. I remember talking about that. Is a lot of, a lot of people are just hiding their problems, you know, and this, when COVID hit, people were forced to be at home with each other and it just, things just hit the fan, you know, and it's a lot of people were blaming it on, on the coronavirus, why they were having problems. And it wasn't, it's just the coronavirus brought the problems to the surface. What was already there. So yeah, it's high. Um, it's very high. Um, from what I see, seven, seven out of 10 marriages aren't doing good. And the rest of them are barely hanging on by a thread and they're living in powerless, non-thriving relationships. They're just surviving and not thriving. So even though most people, a lot of people may not be going through divorce per se, they're not thriving. Yeah, it's still just not good. They don't yeah. progress. Yeah. Um, and to answer yeah. your question, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, and I'll be, I'm going to be totally honest because you know me, I'm very blunt and I, I don't have no, I, yes. I don't really have a filter and I kind of just really don't hold back on things when it comes to this um, because I just do people a disservice when I don't speak the honest truth. Um, True. To say this in the most least judge, judge, judgmental way, I would say that most people are just not ready to be in relationships first off. That right? sounds very familiar, very like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if we go out and start a business, right? We don't know what the heck we're doing, right? We didn't we weren't really taught in school how to start a business. We go down to the courthouse, we start an LLC, we get a couple business cards and then we under like a year later like why the heck we're not making money, right? We're not there's a lot of things that go into play. It's the sales, the marketing, the showing up every day doing the work, right? And being educated. Yes. Like you educate yourself before you start a business. You have a business plan. You have things set out. You have like, how's this going to work? How much am I going to make in the first year? How much money do I need to put? Same thing goes with a marriage. A lot of people are getting into marriages and saying I do before they have done the work. Right? They don't have a plan. They don't, they don't, they haven't done the work on themselves individually and they haven't, um, they haven't set out the proper expectations. They haven't set up the proper, um, arrangements in their in their marriage so what happens is it just people have so many expectations that are being unmet and that honeymoon stage wears off right we're left with two things unmet expectations which lead to resentments and two we're left with two unhealthy individuals that haven't really done the work before they ever got into the relationship yes which is the Mm -hmm. biggest thing it's the biggest epidemic right now is going back to what i said in the beginning is I'm not trying to be judgmental, but most people aren't fit to, most people shouldn't be in relationships. Yeah. And what I mean by that is a lot of us have been through a lot of crap in our lives from the time we were five years old to to 30, 40 years old, however old we are, right? I'm 40 years old. So there's a lot of crap that's there from, from being a child. And a lot of us don't have the resources to work on that stuff, right? Sure. And we're yeah. not equipped. Even our church isn't equipped to take us through, you know, our problems and counseling and trauma. And most therapists don't even really know how to do that. You know, so we're, we're, we have a lack of resources. So before we get into the relationship, 
we think that relationships are just supposed to be the honeymoon stage, right? And it's supposed to be affection and love and it's exciting and it, that's supposed to last. But when that right. honeymoon stage yeah. wears off after the first two or three years, we're left with two people that are unhealthy coming together and making an unhealthy relationship and it's just toxic. And then this is what happens. And people are like, you know what? This isn't working for me. I'm going to go out and find somebody else. I'm going to try to find the grass is greener on the other side deal, right? And then we find out that the, the, yeah. the grass is really turf. It's not really greener. It's just we still have the crap <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> right? Does yeah. that make sense? It does, yeah. That's it. where I was. Um, I fit right into that. That was me and Roseanne. We were Christians. We thought it would all be good. Like, all you need is love and God and the church and the love for each other. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't done the work. Uh, mm-hmm. We, yeah. Mm. goodness it's yeah it's exactly like <laughs> uh hearing what we've had done we've done the work uh you keep telling me it works if you work it and by golly i worked it <laughs> mm-hmm. so what right. is the what is the first kind of step you you know you're in a bad spot ideally the, the in the in god's perfect world i guess you would begin to deal with these things firsthand but nobody really knows how so you get into a bind and you get into this awkwardness. What is the first step that you and me have went through? Like what, what do we do to get ourselves back on the right track for us? Mm -hmm. Well, for me personally, I'll kind of tell you a little bit of my story. I mean, you already know my story, but I'm sure the people that are listening to this probably want to know like how the heck did this guy change his life and how did he help Matt and hundreds of other guys and, and couples, you know, and it came down to realizing that, Something was wrong, right? Because I was in and out of relationships my whole life. I was a liar. I was a thief. I was an alcoholic. I was a cocaine addict. I was a party animal. I was a people pleaser. I was, I mean, everything you na- you could name, I was that, right? And I, I, there was one thing about me is that I couldn't commit to relationships, but I couldn't be alone. So I knew there was something there. And it got old, man. I mean, it started when I was, it it got to the point where I was about 34 years old, man, where I just, you know, all my relationships were hitting rock bottom and and I was in toxic relationships and um, I got married in a toxic relationship, basically not as toxic as most of them, but it got to the point where my wife was kind of done with it, you know, and she was like, I can't live like this. We can't live like this. And we got to a point where I personally had to hit rock bottom in my life, first of all. Right? People don't change unless they get to a point where they're like, holy cow, I've hit rock bottom. What else? Where else, where else is there I could go? It's like an alcoholic that struggles with an addiction, right? It's in the middle of their addiction. They're not really like wanting help until they hit rock bottom, until something major happens that pushes them to want change. So here I was left separated from my wife for two months, knowing that I needed help. By the grace of God, I had a mentor that was brought into my life. And I still remember his words. I mean, I literally have the chills right now. I, I literally have like the chills in my arms. It's, <laughs> it's crazy because it was so life-changing. Wow. I mean, he, this is a mentor that told me, he said, Eric, the, the, the problems that you and your wife are having right now have nothing to do with you as a couple. It has everything to do with you as an individual. And until both of you take a step back and and become healthy individuals, you will never have a healthy whole relationship. And the first step that he said I had to take was being 
rigorously honest with myself and admitting that I had a problem and my life had become unmanageable. Yeah. Right? It was unmanageable. My life had become unmanageable with all these addictions, all this porn I was watching, all this chaos and... And, and, and I didn't really know God and it was just, it was chaos. So I had to yeah. take a step back and I had to admit, the first step is admitting that you have a problem and that your life has become unmanageable and willing to be rigorously honest with yourself and taking a step back and stepping out of denial and into a place of surrender. Surrender creates change. Absolutely. I remember you telling me that it, it takes surrendering like all surrender and mm-hmm. i remember you saying um i remember actually going back to this first step being on the phone with you and breaking down in tears because i had never told anyone my deepest darkest secret mm. you, you stay as sick as your deepest darkest secret and uh just being on the phone and, and having that release and god's spirit on me and just breaking down and surrendering and going through all of these stages, um, man, from that first principle, from that first step, uh, I, I stuck with it and it's been, yeah, life-changing. But that first one was almost the hardest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, it's... it's... Um, uh, so that is our... I'm uh, trying to decide where I want to go here. Um and we're like you were reliving this thing all be... over again. I can feel it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I can just feel the tr- the power and the spirit in you. Like it's how you were just. Yeah. How transformational it is, man! It's. I feel your energy yeah. right now. It's huge. Gee. Yeah. And today, when you fast forward today, I don't have anything to hide. I'm able to tell people the truth. I'm able to be better with my kids. I'm able to be a better at my work, my relationship with God has deepened so much. There was a point in time where I was praying and I basically said, God, you can metaphorically, God, you can come in to the house that I live in and you can point to cupboard, lock drawer, this drawer, this door, and I'll give you the key. You can open it, bring it into the light, like do whatever it is you need to. You can expose whatever you want to. You have access to every part of me. And so Mm -hmm. in, in what feels like you're giving everything away, there's such a uh, fulfillment though, that God brings. You're able to surrender it. And he's like, well, that's okay. Like we can sort through this and I've got great plans for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, it's been such a journey. Um, I always tell guys when they come into the program, the first thing is, is the hardest thing is, emitting your deepest, darkest secrets, you know, and it's, I always tell guys straight up, we cannot move past this point if you're going to hide stuff. And that's with you being rigorously honest with yourself, with God and, and with your mentor. Because a lot of people come in, yeah. they just want to, they want to absorb information, right? They want that one thing that's going to change their life, but they're not willing to be honest with themselves. And they're just holding back a bunch of stuff. You know, I have guys that are cheating on their wives. They've been cheating on their wives for the last two or three years. I got guys that have been molested when they were young and they've been holding it a secret forever and it's it's killing them inside. I got guys that are that are that are gay and still married to a woman and killing it's killing them inside. You know, I've got guys that 
have done some really dark stuff in their life and they're just, they're, they're holding on to it, you know, and they just want to be selectively honest and selectively honest yeah. keeps you in the driver's seat, keeps you in control. And yeah. the truth is, is the, the 3 a.m. version of the guy, like, what does that guy look like? Every time I have a conversation with my mentor, if I'm having something that comes up for myself personally, you know, we chit chat for a couple minutes and he goes straight to the point. He says, enough of the small talk. I want to hear about the 3 a.m. version guy. What's that guy up to? <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's, it's <laughs> we, we have a we have what's called a health lid and we can only get as healthy as the stuff that we're not willing to be honest with. Right. And that that lid you hit, you hit that lid. If you're not willing to be honest with yourself, you can only go as far as that lid is going to allow you. Right. If that makes yeah. sense. Wow. It does. And it's, it's until we release those and we confess those dark secrets that we can start our, our transformation because we put it out there because obviously this is a Christian podcast. Um, yes, of course. And yeah. The, there, if we do believe in there's a God and we believe in Jesus Christ as our savior, we also have to believe that there is an enemy and the enemy knows these things yeah. and the enemy wants to keep us stuck and he wants to keep us um, to steal and rob our, our sanity. And the way he does that is by using our deep, dark secrets against us. And it keeps us, it keeps us depressed. Our deep secrets yeah. keep us depressed and lost. And what, what do they lead to? They lead to addiction. Addictions don't mm -hmm. come from um, just wanting to drink alcohol because it's fun or wanting to sniff cocaine because it's fun or wanting to watch porn because it's, we're, we're lustful and because we think that women are really hot and we just have to watch porn. It's, doesn't, none of that comes from that. It comes from feeling a void of something that's going on inside of us that's broken, right? And that's mostly what yeah. we can't get past those addictions until we get past the, the, the first step. And that's being rigorously honest and healing our deep, dark secrets and putting them out there and confessing them. Yeah, that is very true. I found uh, some of these verses in the Bible relating to this first uh, step, he he says, this is David against you. You only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified when you speak and clear when you judge. He had recognized that he had done something wrong and he admitted it. it. Just like the prodigal son, he says, I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. He was confessing his sin and getting it all out in the open. He's in another country, no money, everything. He's like, well, my dad's servants have more than me. Like, this is what I'll do. And he had a, he had a moment of uh, self-awareness of like, he put himself on the map. Like, I'm right here. This is super sucky. Mm -hmm. And my, even my father's servants have bread to spare. And here I am in hunger. So this is what I'm going to do. And uh, there's another verse from Numbers. If you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord. Be sure your sin will find you out. I remember my mom saying mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that over time, your sin is going to find you out. I know for me, I was, I was unfaithful in my marriage and I was found out that was wrong. That was horrible. And it mm -hmm. came to light. And had I, had I come clean, had I been healthier, I would not have even strayed mm -hmm. and gone that way. Mm -hmm. And this one here really got me too. He that covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. Mm. Um, that when there is, even today, when I'm straying or something, I can confess them, I acknowledge them, I confess them, they don't have any more power over me. And man, what you were saying, I remember 
the before and the after, you were saying your peace and your sanity, like when you are in control of your actions and your attitudes, that you have such a feeling of peace and sanity, like you are in control of those things, everything else God can manage and do, but you're required, you're responsible for those things and that your peace and your, and I was thinking, yeah, peace and sanity sounds real nice. And now I'm experiencing that. Um, I know what's required of me. I'm, I'm aware. I'm conscious. I'm, um, it isn't so much just, I can do this all myself. <laughs> like I've, I've come to my coach, like coach, I'm going through this. Like I need help. And I have brothers in Christ. Now I've got a church. I've got these things that are helping me to be a better version of myself. And I feel like I've, I've come a, a ways. I have a different mindset now than I had before. I, I remember being in addictions, like we were saying, of like, it just, mm-hmm. it's this dark cloud that's over you and you feel like you don't have any control and you fill that void and you keep going back and you have this whole cycle going. And I feel like I'm out of it on the other side in a better mindset. And I have such, I remember experiencing joy too, even on divorce day. Mm-hmm. oddest of days um feeling a sense of joy like i am i'm with my coach uh, god is with me i'm making some really good progress because i'm doing the work mm-hmm. so i've had two friends also um that have gone through that i've directed your way that um i well i know for keith that his life is is better because we had talked about it as we were going through such and mm-hmm. um man pray, i'm just so thankful for you and your your knowledge, your wisdom, your your experience, your your insight into things. You you are listening for when God speaks. You are oh, you're. I'm sure it takes a lot, but I'm so mm. thankful that I've met you and that I've gone through this course. And um, man, praise God! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. And I'm couldn't be any more proud of you, man. It's takes a lot for a person to not only take the first step of admitting that they have a problem, but actually doing the work. You know, I have um, yeah. hundreds of guys that come through my program, man, and unfortunately, about only two out of ten make it through the whole program. Yeah, you know, and it's, telling me it's that. not because the program doesn't work. It's that most people aren't willing to be honest with themselves, and most people aren't willing to do the work and actually stick through it and push through this addiction, you know, and Change is hard. Change is hard. There's so many it self-help really programs out there. So many self-help programs. You've been through a few of them. There's hundreds of them. Yeah. But none like none like the one that I've put you through, I, I believe, in my eyes, um, from what I've seen. It's you can hide in a lot of programs, you know, and this this program doesn't allow you to hide. It, it, you're either gonna hide or you're yeah. gonna run, you know. It's it's unfortunate. A lot of people come in the program very hot and ready to go. And, and then when it comes to the healing process, they're just, you know, they're just like cockroaches when the lights turn on. They just squirm and they're, they're just gone. They disappear. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's sad. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is it. If you want more information on this man, Eric Shirky, go to meettheshirkies.com, have an introductory call, see if you are a good fit, if he is able to help you, if you feel he works with uh, marrieds, he works with singles, he works if you are just feeling broken and stuck, check out his website. 
Give him a call. See if he can do something good for you. Coach, I'd like to say thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like what we talked about, as short and simple as it is, is, is very effective. Um, mm. Man, I, I can say for one, I'm a changed life because of uh, this man's coaching and, and wisdom. So I very much appreciate it. Glory to be to God, my friend. Praise God. <laughs> thank uh, you, man. Until next time. Um, I think we will end our podcast now, so uh, stay tuned for more good things. I, for one, thoroughly enjoyed this interview. We were doing it via video, and I remember being in those places and growing into health and that I have now, and it's a journey that I'm continuing and keeping it up. I've got principles that I live by, all thanks to our guest, Eric Shirky. Thank you for joining me on this episode. This is Matt with an episode of Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. And tune in next time for more good things. See you then.